Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. It's a podcast about Indiana Jones. Every movie, one minute at a time. The Indiana Jones minute. Welcome back to Anything Goes. This is usually the uh, Patreon-only bonus series from the makers of Indiana Jones Minute. I'm one of those hosts of Indiana Jones Minute. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm another one of those hosts of Indiana Jones Minute. I'm Pete Mummert. And I'm the intern of Indiana Jones Minute, Jerry (laughs) Porter. After all these years. Yes. What are you doing wrong that you're still an intern? Uh, You know, they'll never tell me. (laughs) <laughs> that's just that's the whole thing it's how to no 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 you're doing really well listen we have an open door policy here if you have any questions feel free you can leave anytime you want it's an open door then, policy exactly it's like at the end of the one movie it's like uh do you think it'd be possible if i could get a raise it's one of those classic <laughs> oh well listen it's not that you don't deserve one it's just that you know uh this is a difficult time for this sort of minute by m- movies by minute industry it's just not in our budget yeah we'd love to we'd love to give you a raise but... <laughs> i mean I, I invented a new word i invented rucksuckle last season and i was thinking maybe um you know i could be made like a regular host instead of just the intern it's like no those were all wonderful ideas and they, and they got the appropriate uh, yucks but we just need something a little more <laughs> <laughs> we love being in the Jerry Porter business, but we like keeping you right there where you are. Wait a minute. I got fired by Borders, those Tommy! suckers. And you got fired too, you Tommy Cod. <laughs> you did. What'd they say to you when you got fired, Tommy? From board? Wait, did I work at Borders? No, no. You got, well, you got let go at, uh, was it Houghton Mifflin? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or M- Miffin Houghton. Or what did they yeah. say? They ushered you all into a room. Yeah. And they, 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 they told they, you, they gave you this speech, didn't they? Yeah, they, they all stuck said, us in the airlock, and they said, it's not you, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> and they let us go. <laughs> you said people were crying and the whole thing. Yeah. And oh, you know what's you know what's horrible? I turned to my friend Ryan like after the big like you know jettison speech was was over. I was like, so we could go to like the midnight show of uh, Crystal Skull because we were planning on going to Crystal Skull together. It's <laughs> amazing, and it saved the evening. It's yeah. I remember. <laughs> I very. I remember very specifically. As they were firing me, I was peeling a banana very slowly. <laughs> and 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 they said, "So you're no longer gonna be working." And I went. And I opened a Mountain Dew, <laughs> and I was like, "Please continue." Sorry. <laughs> while I while I relish this Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, see, the good news here, Jerry, is we want to keep you working. We just don't want to pay you anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'll fall for it. I'm that stupid. That should be a goal on uh, Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, if we get to a certain amount, we can start paying Jerry a little bit. No, and people uh, won't not, hog all the riches not, for ourselves. Yeah. Let's not go overboard. Either. No, no. The thing is, that you, we're never going to reach it. Well, it has been a robust <laughs> Patreon season. However, yeah, Pete and I are inc- doing great, Jerry, but uh, we're just not quite there yet. With the increased cost of electricity. <laughs> I picture Jerry out there, like looking at the plans for his backyard pool. Uh, <laughs> anybody come with a bonus check today? <laughs> So close. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, this is normally our Patreon show, Anything Goes. This is for uh, people who uh, support us over there on Patreon at patreon.com slash Indiana Jones Minute. 
Uh, but we thought, uh, since we haven't been uh, in your regular uh, feed ears uh, in a while, we'd uh, toss this out there as a bonus. This is, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Anything Goes show, we've been covering other movies, if you can believe that. We spent, what, like 11 episodes on Jaws? Yeah. 11. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> why don't we just do 10 or like 15? Why do we like, why do we end up with 11? It was the perfect amount. I, I, I think that's exactly yeah. right. Not one too many, not one too few. Yeah, we're not. I feel like we're, we're polyamorous. Yeah, we're, we're polyamorous <laughs> here. It's not a big deal if we do other movies. Right. Yeah. 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 So we, we had plenty of uh, fun controversies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I keep thinking about? I almost shouldn't name the controversy because I want people to like check it out and find out what the. Con- but there, we, there was one on here that like is completely unresolved in Jaws. I think it's in the second episode of Jaws. <laughs> and it's unresolved because both sides, both ways of reading the scene work perfectly. Yeah. They're airtight. Yeah. But they're two different things completely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, what's fascinating, I'm thinking it has to do with the, the famous quote, too. <laughs> kind of, he's a nuts on the subject. It's not that quote, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's related to. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So we did 11 episodes talking about Jaws from stem to stern. And then we did an episode about, uh, most recently, about uh, uh, issue one of uh, The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones, the original Marvel comic from the 80s. And uh, now... For you, we're about to launch into Close Encounters, and who knows how long that'll take, because the movie's awesome, and uh, it bears some chatting about. Um, so yeah, this is uh, you're getting this in our regular uh, Indiana Jones Minute feed today, uh, and if you love it and you want to hear more, uh, we'll be uh, dropping, as the kids say, uh, episode <laughs> two uh, this weekend on the uh, in our Patreon feed. So if you want to hear that, please come join us over at patreon.com slash Indiana Jones Minute. And um, you can... Uh, or at indianajonesminute.com slash Patreon. Right. So even even our dyslexic fans can do it you know, either <laughs> way. We're, we're, we're equal opportunity uh, entertainers. And offenders. And offenders, yes. Thank you. Speaking of somebody who's probably a little bit dyslexic, I am not offended. <laughs> Are you really? Are you a I little dyslexic? So. Yeah. I do the thing where if I'm reading a number, I think I only do it with numbers. If I'm reading a number, I will see it the right way mm-hmm. and I will write it the right way, but I will think it backwards. Hmm. Yeah. Does yeah, that count? Gotta be di- yeah. <laughs> How do you pick like which <laughs> gas station you go to? <laughs> it's like when you see two on a street corner. Which, do you always choose the higher one? No, I do, whichever is a right turn. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way you do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. You did think about it. See? I made my affliction work for me. Um, but yeah, what else do we want to say about this? We're uh, Normally at this point we would uh, be thanking all the beautiful people who help support us, but we're going to uh, skip that part today just because, uh, you know, we want to get right to the good stuff. Our chatting about uh, Close Encounters, which uh, I love... And Pete loves, and Jerry might be likes a lot. Yeah, it might actually be my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, I don't know. it's it's pretty close with Raiders. Yeah, you got Raiders, you got Jaws, you got Close Encounters. It's hard for me to choose. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 the third of those three. It's it's the bronze <laughs> medal for me. But that, the, but certainly, I mean, bronze is is your placing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're placing. 
It's still weird to me that you were so into, like you grew up with Jaws and that's so much a part of your life, Jer, but you somehow missed, not missed, but like like Close Encounters just didn't become part of that for you. That's weird to me. Yeah, uh, me that, too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I had the, like I said, I had the golden uh, t-shirt with the decal on it of yeah. Devil's Tower. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That's an awesome shirt. It was an awesome shirt. I, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my own shortcoming or my parents, of course. <laughs> yeah, let's play <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So after after your dad took you to see Jaws, your mom was like, "You are never taking Jerry to see another movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one's got aliens in it. Who knows how horrifying it'll be? <laughs> well, yeah. Please listen to this. Please enjoy it. Uh, also, know that uh, behind the scenes, we are hard at work on uh, that other uh, Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which uh, you know. Life takes a long time sometimes, and it's hard to podcast during that. <laughs> so uh, we haven't gotten started on that as fast as we would have liked to, but we're going now, and uh, it'll be coming to you sooner than later. How's that for vague? <laughs> um, great. But yeah, in the yeah. meantime, uh, we're tossing you this, and uh, I'm sure we'll have other treats uh, for you along the way before we get going on Last Crusade. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, enjoy this. Close Encounters. You know it and you love it. You love it more than Jared does, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're not the intern, listener. <laughs> <laughs> you're a full employee. Thank you. <laughs> so we started Jaws with uh, talking about how the three of us had sort of not necessarily holes but spots in our Spielberg filmography that we hadn't seen quite as much as others or didn't know quite as well and I had seen Jaws less than you guys and uh, I think we're doing next we're now we're going to be talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind one of my very very favorite movies and one that uh, Jerry you hadn't seen in, since 1977 if I'm not mistaken yeah I haven't seen Close Encounters and it, it, it was 40 years so that is really weird to me yeah. yeah, the the well, you know, I may I probably saw it with you, Tommy, like whatever, nineteen. Yeah, maybe I saw it in like nineteen eighty five or something. Like, I, I <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it in forever. The, the, what I remember most about Close Encounters is is I had the gold iron on T shirt that I wore every day until <laughs> oh, I nice. smelled into like yeah, you know, I smelled like banana mushed kid hair. <laughs> 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 and I just, I wore that shirt every single day. It was gold oh and it was like Close Encounters and it was an iron-on and it was amazing. <laughs> That's what I have to offer here. That's plenty. That's that beautiful. Plenty. And we did all just recently see the uh, 4K restoration big screen release that came out a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, was pretty awesome. Yeah, for me, it was incredible getting to see it again on the big screen and it looked gorgeous. Like the print was absolutely gorgeous. What, what was the 4K part? It's like high, super high def, like super right. high definition, high resolution. All right. Which is, you know, that's something I do not understand with movies from any time before like the 90s or something. Like, yeah, the, especially the, this the one. The def is just going to show you how grainy bits. Of, yeah, which yeah. is fine. You know, I kind of yeah. want to see that, but uh, it's not like it's going to be super sharp or something. But yeah. It, just, and... it looks like one of those Atari games. <laughs> it's all <laughs> pixelated. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. So. It looks just as grubby as it did in 1977 on opening day. <laughs> it was weird seeing, uh, though, I, I when I was watching Baby Driver, they had a trailer for Close Encounters, and it was weird hmm. seeing a modern trailer for this movie. 
in a world. Yeah. <laughs> Give my regards to King Alien. <laughs> <laughs> he punches the alien in the face. Yeah. It was like a big screaming at the end. <laughs> screaming at you. What's weird about Close Encounters for me is it points out I'm such like a huge, you know, like anti going back and redoing stuff and prequels and special editions and everything. And it mm-hmm. just gets my dander up and it pisses me off. And But with Close Encounters, I'm absolutely fine with there being three versions of this movie and yeah. seeing the inside of the ship and everything. Like I like all three versions of it. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, sometimes I'll miss, oh, wait, this doesn't have that one. This doesn't have that part. Or, oh, this, they put it in this, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it's all like a good movie, and you're just sort of seeing different parts of it maybe at different times. But, you know, I, I, it's just, I like childhood forgives like anything. Like childhood yeah. just glosses yeah. over any like, you know, cranky, jaded <laughs> baloney that I've got going on now. It's just like, you know. Yeah. yeah Star Trek, the motion picture is brilliant. There's seven versions of Close Encounters. They're all great, you know. <laughs> and this had a, this had a good excuse for having a, a special edition and for a director's cut that I think a lot of movies don't have. Mm-hmm. And when they when they filmed this, this movie basically saved uh, Columbia Pictures, the studio. Like the studio was right on the verge of bankruptcy, and they they got Steven Spielberg to make this, and they were they basically banked the studio on whether this movie would be a success or not. Mm. But part of the problem with that is that it didn't give him quite the budget that he needed. And I think he didn't have quite the control he wanted. And so there were things that he really wanted in the movie that he ended up going back in later and putting in. Yeah. yeah and he felt rushed. And he like couldn't they, cut they, it right. Like the way he wanted. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they were rushing him because they wanted him to finish in 1977. So that because they were in such financial straits, you know, dire straits. And so they kind of rushed him to get it finished and he did. And it did save the studio, but he and he felt like he didn't do the movie justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those mashed potatoes are canned. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. He went back yeah. and had his mom make a big, you know, homemade batch <laughs> yeah. for the re- redo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the important what what I think the reason that the other reason that I think I appreciate that he went back and did it is this movie was more than any other movie he ever did his passion project. Like this was the the project he wanted to do since he was a kid, and yeah. this was the, the project that got him into filmmaking. And, and it's weird. So this much- is the only movie I think I could be wrong about. It. I think this is the only one that he just that he has a screenwriting credit for. Yeah, or definitely like the only screenwriting you know like that is yeah. written by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and it's because you know he's got a huge hand in most of his movies. <laughs> yeah, but like this is just I sat down at a typewriter and I wrote the screenplay and now I'm going to direct it. My name is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, and he actually yeah. made it. Like he actually wrote it, or a lot of what became this back when he was a teenager, and he actually made a movie called Firelight. Mm-hmm. That was basically a proto version of this movie, and um, he he it cost him. He said five hundred dollars to make it, and then he sc- he screened it in his local movie theater, and I think he said he made five hundred and one dollars, so he made one dollar <laughs> profit. <laughs> so well, and if yeah. there there are little clips on YouTube. It looks it 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 looks horrible. Like it's crazy how yeah. Like you know, people said that you can see you know flashes of genius that became Spielberg but just the clips I've seen it's hard to see that and then see what you know he he seemed to come out fully formed just a couple of years later yeah well what why is this movie called Close Encounters I mean because spoilers but they encounter <laughs> yeah well it's supposedly like I there's mean, three there's yeah. three versions of there's three kinds of Close Encounters 
And I, I haven't looked this up since I was a kid. So let me see <laughs> if I get this right. Yeah. Close Encounter of the First Kind is seeing something in the sky, seeing like an unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. And Close Encounters of the Second Kind, I don't know. And Close Encounters of the Third <laughs> Kind is you actually make contact with aliens. No, the second kind yeah, is, is is when you get blisters. Like you put <laughs> yeah, you probably. put aloe vera yeah. gel on, yeah. and <laughs> you get nice yeah. yeah, you get blisters, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get cranky, you get ennui, and you uh, get divorced. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good though, Tom. You were close. It was actually it is yeah. started by a guy. There's a guy. I think this guy's absolutely fascinating. There's a guy named J. Allen Hynek, and he actually makes a cameo later in the movie. It's a horrible he, actor. All he has to do is stick a pipe in his mouth and I don't yep. even buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which dude is he in the movie? We'll He's save done. it. Yeah, we'll no, save okay. it. No, it's okay. All right. Either way, it's okay. But he's he like Chuck Jones. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but he was a, uh, he started out working for, he was an astronomer and he, the Air Force hired him to work on their early um, UFO investigations, Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book. And he was sort of the chief debunker. And he loved, like, he, he would love debunking the, you know, people would call in with their stories about what they saw, and he would love going out and debunking it. But something weird kind of happened is over the years, he sort of started believing the stories. Yeah. And he had sort of this crazy Saul on the road to Damascus conversion, which I think will come up again in the movie. But um, he's the guy that eventually came up with the close, enc- like, close calling it close encounters and the different kinds. Like, first kind is you see one. Second kind is you see you see one and it leaves some kind of physical trace like oh. scorch marks on the ground or something that you can, you know, something tangible. Yeah. And then third, third kind is contact. And then later they went in and added like fourth kind is abduction and fifth kind is whatever. Oh, Anal so should be close and... encounters of the fourth kind. Of yeah, that, that, that's yeah. the thing people say. Yeah, this should be the well, fourth Well, the fifth kind. kind, I think you marry an alien. Yeah. <laughs> At so least fifth yeah. kind is you come back in E.T., yeah, like you hitch a ride. Yeah. You're not even part of the movie; you're just in the background. You see uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, I was, I was the new just ones kidding. getting nuts too. What? What's that? Oh, the new ones get nuts too. They're all like X Files. Like there's like a seventh kind. It's like they create an alien human hybrid. And oh boy, yeah, 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 yeah. black but oil, the original bees. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The alien jumps a shark on a motorcycle when they're all on vacation <laughs> yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was kidding around. I, I thought, cool. you know, I was just thinking of it as in terms of sunburns. Like, you know, the first one you get a <laughs> little third bit degree, of red. Third and kind burn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Second second degree is blisters. But uh, what's <laughs> fascinating is they do have sunburns in this. In this. They do. Yeah. yeah. Which is really strange. Because they're talking it about is. lights. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah. Talking about they're lights. Space we'll, lights. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> they're lights from beyond space. Yeah. And speaking um, of lights from beyond space, this is I think this is a good movie to follow up Jaws with, because Jaws I think is, is got that famous scene where you see the two uh, shooting stars that shoot across the sky, and that sort of became Spielberg's trademark. Mm-hmm. And th- I think I mentioned that on the show. That came from when he was a kid. One time when he lived in Phoenix, his parents woke him up in the middle of the night, and they didn't tell him where they were going and what they were doing. And they drove out into the desert. And they lay down on the grass, you know, on the on the ground, and looked up and saw a, an amazing meteor shower, and that yeah. stuck with him for the rest of his life. And that kind of that that feeling of magic and wonder that's out there kind of drove him to make this. And so he put that into Jaws. But while he was talking about that stuff on Jaws, Richard Dreyfus overheard him talking and begged him to be part of this movie. Yeah. So this oh, is how really? He got, 
Yeah, so we, what, there's what a direct did, line. What did Richard Dreyfus do before this? He did uh, Jaws. Yeah, he did yeah. Jaws. Well, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> did American Graffiti. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, there was that... Uh, you know, I'm, remember, I, I'm not going to remember the name of it. The opening credits, what would you guys call that font? It's like this late 70s computer block font. Yeah. And, and it, mm-hmm. it, it simultaneously looks antiquated and futuristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I yeah, it's can't like past future. Yeah, yeah, it's like past future. It's really weird. And I and I'm I, I was looking at it and I'm like, what is it about that that just tells your brain <laughs> that's past future? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it and and what is what is it about that era that that says, Oh hey, this is I don't know, computers, space stuff, as you would say, Tommy. Right. Space stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because yeah, it's know instantly it's because... recognizable. Like, you see it, you're like, oh, 70s space. It's instantly, right, right. yeah, I- I- identifiable, right. Like, is it because we were, like, six and seven or whatever back then that we think that the 70s were nothing but UFOs and space and adventure and stuff? Yeah, or I, think was so. there... I, I, I think nostalgia I feel like is a big the... part. But I feel like there was a lot of UFO stuff going on in the Oh, there 70s. was. Yeah, that was kind of like the... documentaries yeah. and in search of and you know there was all that different crazy shows stuff. and things. Yeah, Eric von Donneken doing his alien, ancient alien stuff. Like that all started in the seventies. Oh yeah, it was all the like the new age stuff started, and there was sort of this you know there was all the conspiracy stuff with Watergate, and so mm-hmm. it was kind of a perfect storm of of yeah. elements. Yeah. Well, but does, yeah, but is, I, is, is there something about it that looks almost like its own version of pixelated or like a computer drawn? The Close Encounters font. Yeah. 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 The actual title, yeah, it's got those yeah. lines through it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. The actual title. Yeah. Is that is that why it uh, elicits that response in your brain? I bet that's part of it. Because, it, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about those lines going through it, but that looks exactly like... You know, I can see Tron, or I can see right. those oh, totally right. It just looks like all those movies. And uh, the the music fades in, mm-hmm. and it's it's like really putting the eerie and mysterious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. really really creepy and eerie, and I mean, it matches the font, and it matches like uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, you know, this is like Jaws. Is that John Williams does a lot of stuff in these two movies that. He, he doesn't seem to do so much of later. And he mm-hmm. really hits these interesting notes. You know, like, it is really eerie. And then you yeah. get that, that famous chord when it, when Close Encounters comes up on the, sc- on the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would not have guessed that that was John Williams just listening to the music. Oh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember at camp one year, Joe Spaley had this soundtrack? Yes. <laughs> and he was, like, super excited. Like, people were going to tell scary stories. Yeah. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got the perfect music. And he put this on. I'm like... <laughs> Wait, this is Close Encounters? Like, I hadn't seen the movie in a while, and I'd never just listened to the soundtrack. I was like, really? It's yeah. like spooky and weird. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it worked. We were all scared. Yeah. We were all scared. <laughs> it's weird, too. The opening credits have, like, four people credited. Yeah. And it's a weird... It's like two cast members, uh-huh. the director of photography, Vilmos, my buddy Vilmos Zygmunt, yeah. who I love because he did a couple of Robert Altman movies, and before that... I mean, he's huge. He's like an Oscar winner. Uh-huh. And he did uh, Ratfink Boo Boo with Ray Dennis Steckler, which is like this huge, crazy... Like, Ray Dennis Steckler was like this B-movie director who everybody loves if they're cool, you know, and he like just made these ridiculous... You know, the crazy mixed-up monsters became mixed-up zombies and whatever stuff. 
Um, and yeah, like Ray Dennis Steckler one day said, you know, Vilmos, you're going to win an Oscar one of these days. And like, you know, a few years later, he had a bunch of Oscars. But yeah, it's just like him and Spielberg and yeah. Richard Dreyfuss and Francois Truffaut. And Vilmos gets, I think, a lot of credit for this movie because uh, yeah. Julia and Michael Phillips, who also get the other credit, the producers, fought oh, Vilmos yeah, yeah. the entire time over money. And especially ah. over lights. Like, he wanted lights, 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 more lights. And they fought mm-hmm. him and fought him. And, he, like, he fought tooth and nail to get what he got. And I think it wow. definitely shows in the final product. You mean nice. lights? Like, you mean for the aliens and the spaceships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wanted lights? Yeah, that's pretty much all they are, lights. And you find <laughs> yeah. out later that, well, you know, a lot of this was filmed inside. And a lot of it was just done because of the amazing lighting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It is weird not seeing Douglas Slocum as director of photography for a Spielberg movie, but he does he does have a partial credit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does I don't India get. He does scene. something. Yeah, he does the scenes in India. Oh, okay, weird. Yeah, which look amazing too. But it, yeah, yeah. And then you get uh, Francois Truffaut, and mm-hmm. he's interesting because Spielberg was really afraid and nervous about asking him to be in this movie. Uh. Like, because he was one of his heroes, and he was a big deal. Like, he had done some huge movies, like Four Hundred mm-hmm. Blows and Jewels and Jim, and yeah, you know, he's like a giant of the French New Wave, and he he was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he he said he would only do it if he could play himself. So that's kind of him playing Francois oh, nice. Truffaut. That's not him playing a character. That's funny. Oh, that's cool. It's a good thing the character is French. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Um. What a great start to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, it totally any, is. Anytime yeah. uh, a movie begins with a haboob, it shows <laughs> promise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I know Pete gets my haboob reference there. <laughs> I just heard boob. <laughs> <laughs> you heard ha boobs. Ha <laughs> <laughs> boob. No, that's a that's a sandstorm. Yeah. A haboob oh, okay. is a sandstorm. Yeah. They had a lot yeah. in Phoenix. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. They have them a lot in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, I, I was wondering, you know, is there a connection between aliens and the sandstorm and Yahweh? Oh, um, interesting. Yes. <laughs> Chariots of the gods, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Steven Spielberg, I guess. Yeah. But, um, or, you know, I mean, I mean, it does. It's a it's, it's great opening. It's a yeah. re- really great opening. And I I was wondering, watching this opening scene, if you're in a sandstorm or haboob, are you required to wear sand-colored poplin jackets? <laughs> yeah. Almost everybody. Yeah. The, I mean, there's the guys in camouflage and that sort of thing, but everybody's wearing like a sand-colored poplin jacket. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. That does seem kind of dumb. I never thought about that. It's before. true. Everybody, everybody in a sandstorm in the history of movies is wearing a sand-colored outfit. I mean, it could be that they were like bright red and stuff, but now they're just so dusty and <laughs> covered in sand. Well, and we'll get to him in a minute. But the only guy who isn't is the sort of shell-shocked, super yeah. happy Nirvana, uh, yeah. you know, local Mexican man who's just oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's just sort of. Uh, is just sort of stumbling and uh, you know verbally stumbling to himself, uh-huh. and he he's not wearing a sandy sand colored poplin jacket. Well, he's a local, so he knows better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not. yeah I don't exactly. get lost in a <laughs> What um, you know, what is the connection? What why is there like the you know American French Spanish thing here or Mexican thing? You know what what why do you why do they open it like that? You think? Well, they're in. I mean. 
I guess they're in Mexico because they're in Mexico. Yeah. Like, this is where this thing uh-huh. happened. Yeah. I guess they just want... I, I mean, I don't know why they chose Mexico, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's and great. It's, uh, and, I, <laughs> and I guess the French is there because he wanted Francois Truffaut. And, and yeah. You know, yeah. And, and the Americans, you know, yeah, the Americans are usually in charge of everything. They got their finger on the pulse <laughs> of everything that's happening in the world. And Francois Truffaut's um, French for a reason because he's based on a real guy, Jacques Vallée. Oh, who's a French guy, who is a, like a oh, French cool. UFO expert. Oh, nice. So he wrote a bunch and of And yeah, books. like uh, Bob Balaban, who is belongs in the club of he's the best part of any movie that he's in. Mm-hmm. You know, like him, Martin Balsam, I don't know, Harry Dean Stanton. There's probably 10 of them. But anyway, he's one <laughs> of them. But he, yeah, he like congratulates uh, Francois Truffaut on like, you know, oh, congratulations on the conference or whatever, you know, and like, you don't have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And I, I still, you know, I've seen the movie many times. I still don't know what he's talking about, but right. it's fine. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of that in this movie, by the way. Yeah. I'll say that right up front. There's a lot that like just factually, just logically doesn't make any sense, but it works perfectly and I'm fine with it. Wow. That's, oh, yeah. That's a different tack from... Temple of Doom. Oh, get out I of here. Like well, 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 Temple of Doom. <laughs> Temple of Doom is like, wait, this is supposed to make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, the movie suffers for it. Yeah. But I'm okay with like a bunch of guys like climbing up on, you know, reading, you know, yelling out engine block numbers at the same time yeah. in a haboob. Like, there's no way the guy is hearing that. But I'm like, I get this. I get this. This is the scene. Like Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's running around. It's hubbub, you know, checking oil levels and stuff. Yeah. You know that that works perfectly. I have no problem with that. So, so who alerted the guys? Like, what, first of all, what's the connection between the American guy and the and the like? He's like, hey, are we the first ones to show up? Like, who made yeah. the phone call? So it's not. That's, well, that's a really good question. Yeah. It's not. It's not developed very well in the movie. But there's a backstory that they're part of. There's part of this organization called Project Mayflower, and you see the logo on some things. But I don't think they ever specifically call it out in the movie. Hmm. And it's they're like a UFO investigative organization. And so they're kind of an intergovernmental group that goes around investigating all this stuff. So I don't know who originally made the call. Right. Yeah. But they they're always on the cutting edge. Like they're the first ones that get called when there's some kind of UFO sighting. Right. That that's but like why who who they... in this like in this little town who called and yeah. who knew to call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of that. Unless they just called the army and the army called, you know, someone in the army. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I bet That's my buddy John it. would be like this. Or, yeah. Well, so my question, American did they call the American or? guy and the cartographer who speaks No, the French? cartographer it, is, is uh, he, they, Spielberg had a lot of trouble figuring out how to fit him in, like how to introduce him. Mm-hmm. And he filmed three different scenes, and this is the one he ended up using, where he's introduced as his tra- as uh, Francois Truffaut's translator. Hmm. And my favorite, there's there's a deleted scene where it comes later, but basically he meets him in a limo at an airport, and Francois Truffaut makes him read this erotic French poetry book <laughs> at the top of his lungs because he wants him to. It's really important that he, he translates not just what his words are, but his emotions and his what he's that's know, funny his tone of voice. <laughs> and so, like the limo driver is turning around the whole time, like watching him because he's screaming <laughs> out like, "Her breasts were supple." And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But I don't think he—I don't think he quite figured it out, like how he's going to fit him in, and it would make yeah. sense that oh, this guy's. But he's part of the—he's part of the team. He's part of the team, though. Yeah, yeah. And they—it sounds like you know he's part of the team as. A, by the way, a cartographer is a map maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of. I just wanted you. To, <laughs> I make maps. You got that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he was the, like that was his job. But then suddenly they found out he speaks French, mm-hmm. so they need him as a translator. Yeah. 
Which is weird because if you think uh, if you think Truffaut is on the team, it sounds like he's like you know usually involved with these things. Yeah, you that, think like, he'd already, would have... already have that in place? You would yeah, think. yeah, have a guy. That's why I was a little bit confused. I'm like, okay, so Truffaut is already there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then... no, no, no. He got there. Oh, did... wait, is he already there? Well, they show up at this. I think they show up in different cars. They probably get yeah, there about yeah, the same yeah. Time. Okay, right. And it's like there's three groups of people that descend, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do they know each other? Yeah. And the the, well, the, the yeah. first guy is like, are we the first ones here? So he's like, he's already expecting other people. And you're mm-hmm, like, is mm-hmm. it a rival thing? No, no, no. I think yeah, it's, you know, it's not, some but, people are coming from yeah. France. Some people are yeah. coming from California or something. Yeah. Sure. We'll rendezvous with this little hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is a good, uh, you know, this whole scene. I, I know you you hate this, Jerry, but this was the last thing they actually filmed. <laughs> Oh, I nah. hate that. <laughs> but this whole scene, like, is another like peak nineteen seventies childhood thing. Is these airplanes that they find stranded in the, conveniently in a junkyard in the middle of a desert are a group of uh, training aircraft that went missing in the Bermuda Triangle, and that's another thing. Like when we were kids, it's like, oh my that god, was Bermuda huge. Triangle. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that you know? Are, do we mourn the loss of the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle? Well, has it ever been figured out? Like, do they... No, yeah, nobody cares anymore. They just take a, <laughs> they really like a yeah. selfie yeah. of... You know, they just take a yeah. selfie. Here's me in the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> selfie Instagram. <laughs> it's not like, oh, and then he was never found again. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, you know, when, when people are flying planes over, as we've seen recently, an area that's prone to hurricanes back when they didn't have a lot of technology to predict when a hurricane was coming or that kind of stuff, or, you yeah. know, at least bad weather. I think there's a right. lot of stuff that's easy to explain today that... At the time, yeah. seemed a lot more mysterious. I mean, do you? Do, but that was a question I always had. Like these planes, that that that's an actual story from history that these planes disappeared. Yeah, this is an actual. Uh, their five Grumman uh, Avenger torpedo bombers disappeared in 1945. It was a training mission. Wow. wow. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, he like a lot of the details in this movie are great. Like he he did a lot of research. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. But it's it's kind of freaky that there are no taxi trails. Yeah. Although although <laughs> right. they they would be wiped clean by a sandstorm lasting a year. <laughs> yeah, but they got there so, you know within a day, so they're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did think well, there is this insane haboob happening. <laughs> I mean, there might not be taxi trails. I mean, right? You know. But uh, yeah. I love that the uh, the 1945 calendar has the Sundays marked in red. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like a, just to remind you. Yeah, yeah, like those red letter days. You know, <laughs> don't forget to not do anything. Don't, don't forget to yeah. You got to go to you got to go to church. And I actually yeah. looked that up, and that that came apparently that came from like the first Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. But really? Also, really? Yes, yes. But also the Romans used, uh, they they would mark, uh, you know, special feast days or holidays in red on their on their calendars, dating all the way back to like 500 B.C. and huh. 200. Wow. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I mean, I, the reason it, I thought about that, he pulls out the calendar and it's, um, God, what is it? Is it the Tropicana 
the Some, trade wind yeah. bar. Yeah, the trade wind bar in Pensacola. In Pensacola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I'm looking at it, and all the Sundays are marked in red. I'm like, God, my grandmother had exactly one of those calendars <laughs> where all the, you know, they had all those days. The Sundays were red, or sometimes the Fridays would be in red because that was like Fish Friday, like if it was Lent. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like you yeah. can't, you're, or just even for the if it's way if you got a way old school grandma, it would be all the Fridays <laughs> oh, were gosh. marked in red because you. You had to eat fish. You weren't allowed to eat uh, eat meat yeah. on Friday. If you're that hardcore, do you really need the day to be in red? Aren't you going to kind of have that grain? <laughs> Is this one of those red Fridays? I can't. Yeah. Uh, every Friday. Every Friday's a red Friday. That's right. Yep. They always say they always say that that was because of, like the Irish were you know to to help the Irish fishermen. You're, like, you're kind of, oh, really? yeah, that's what I read about, you know, and you're kind of like, funny. you want to say, you, you guys realize that fish is still meat, right? <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we can yeah, say it's animals. not, yeah, but you're still eating <laughs> yeah. an animal. I mean, it's still Well, <laughs> Jesus was a fisherman, it's cool. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. He was, a, he was a fisher of men. Yeah, a fisher that's of right. men. That's right. Fisherman. Fisherman. Yeah. That's what I said. We get a we get a, a thing that might answer a, a long standing mystery for you, Jer. I know what you're gonna say. You talk about them airplane instruments, aren't you? I am. I am. The guy starts flicking the fuel gauge with his finger, and it immediately goes to full, and then the engine kicks off. He, he flips the engine on, that's which is awesome. exactly what happened in Lao Che's chicken plane that Jim yeah, was concerned right. about. And and what well, the opposite happened. We we talked oh, yeah, about yeah. Uh, with Jim O'Kane, and he said that yes, that does happen and can happen, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's all a, just mechanics. It's yeah. just like you have pieces moving up against each other, and sometimes you got to tap them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and I love how like as soon as they see these planes, they're just racing from plane to plane, and they don't stop racing until the end of the movie. Like they're just filled with glee and excitement <laughs> yeah. to try to figure out what's going on. Right. I, and, I, and you know, Bob Alban standing there yelling, you know, what's going on? Hey, why are they here? And the movie's over, and you're like, oh wait. Why are those planes there? <laughs> Why did the aliens just like leave those planes there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah, know. I don't really want to know. You never find don't out. find out. Yeah. Because I don't want, yeah. Yeah. And why did they bring them back now? And why did they put them in a junkyard in Mexico? And there are all kinds of things that are never yeah. answered or never even hinted at. Is this a junkyard? Well, I'm assuming because it's got all those cars piled yeah. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I kind of never even thought of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. Like why? I mean, maybe they just, they're like, oh, I guess they belong here. Right. I don't know. There's a, you know, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of questions that are not answered. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what are the aliens doing with people? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or they even do with these pilots for yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Or, or and, and how long have the, pl- the, the planes have been there? What, a day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just kept the planes and then drop. They kept the pilots and the planes. And then they dropped off the planes, but kept the pilots. Yeah. yeah, but they kept them for what thirty-five years or forty years, you know. Although I think one thing we we learn later is they say this proves the you know relativistic speeds, or they they mention yeah that they're so maybe they they weren't Einstein gone that long. Probably yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So maybe they were just you know they flew out to Saturn or something at a very high speed and came back. Yeah. Time dilation. You know what sucks. I'm already starting to formulate like why the aliens might have done this and stuff. <laughs> like, and it kind of makes like, are they like you know later on they send like these numbers and stuff, uh-huh. and like maybe they wanted to make sure that people were paying attention. Like maybe this was just like a like a like a tap on the shoulder or something. Huh. 
Like, hey, something weird is up. Remember those planes you lost? Oh, what are they doing here in Mexico <laughs> in the junkyard? You guys better pay attention. Here's some numbers. Figure out what those mean. Yeah. There's that kind of thing. I, like I don't that. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the for the, the alien to take an airplane up into its spaceship, I mean, is that like us looking at stone tools from, you yeah, know, probably. like, yeah. like yeah. you know, uh, a million years ago? It's like us like, looking at an Atari twenty six hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just studying yeah. the stone yeah. tools and the like. Oh, look, this one had a little axe on the end or a spearhead. Yeah. Uh, isn't isn't that lovely? Well, well the Sundays <laughs> are red. What's this about? Yeah. Oh, how weird. quaint! And there's something that feels so seventies about the idea that any kind of thing that happens, like oh, a training mission of several planes disappeared, it's got to be aliens. Yeah, it's right. Like our, oh, yeah, our right. first, our first, you know, hunch is, oh, I bet this is something supernatural. Yeah. This is aliens. It's something weird. Yeah, they're over the ocean, not exactly in charted waters. It must have been aliens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only explanation. As as far as the old man, the local guy who's uh-huh. who's who's uh, you know jabbering away, when they mm-hmm. talk to him. Are they like is if if no one disrupted him, would he just be sort of in like nirvana for the rest of his life? Yeah, like, I was kind of wondering sort that of too. A, a state yeah. of bliss. I feel like he already has. I think that's like him. I think he's. I always assume that that's just kind of he's just kind of an old kind of doddering dude. Or like, are you asking if he's been like knocked for a loop? Oh yeah, from see, I thought the opposite. Seeing these things, I thought he was like he had had some no. kind of a transcendent experience. Yeah, he had some oh, sort okay. of he's... a transcendent. Well, he says the ship sang. To yeah, him. the sun, the yeah. sun, the sun sang to him. And you. But like, I wondered if maybe he was already kind of wacky. He's like you know the yeah. local you know squeeze Drano bum. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it could be. Now, Maybe I, he was like, you know, a professor of, you know, English. Like, is he like ever going to go <laughs> go back to doing what he did previously before this experience? I don't think he is. Running and, his junkyard? Well, yeah, running <laughs> his know. junkyard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or is he like, hey, I, maybe he's just smiling because he's like, you know, I'm rich. I have, I have all these planes all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> it's on my property. Pay up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, look, this, if the sun sings to you, you know, how, yeah, how are you, yeah. like you're going to wake up the next day and feel differently and you might not ever return. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just saying. And, and, and we do have a scene coming up in a few minutes here where, you know, we, we see someone else who clearly sees the aliens or the sun singing to them and they're yeah. transfixed. Yeah. yeah, he has a tough time. <laughs> yeah. But this is this is one of the things I love so much about this movie. It it this had to be a big departure from anything that had come before because when this came out when you think of aliens in movies they're pretty much universally bad guys and they're coming here to destroy mm-hmm. people and you know kill people and destroy things and yeah. in this movie it's something completely different it's something new you know it's right they're these wonderful curious funny beings that come and they're bringing good and happiness and it's especially rip a child from her, yeah her mother's arms. <laughs> they, they don't always <laughs> do it with you know with a plum but yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you'd never think so if you if you look at the opening font and the opening. I know, music. and the music and the music. Yeah, yeah, the music yeah, yeah. You'd be like, these guys yeah. are coming and they're gonna get into your brain like a weird leech worm. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, blow you up in some newfangled fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the movie keeps doing that. It keeps kind of faking you out. It goes back yeah. and forth. You know, between are these good guys? Or, you know, are the aliens good? Are they bad? Are they here to destroy us? Are they here to do something? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because when I saw the the new restoration that came out recently, 
there were a bunch of people in the theater that had never seen it before and it was interesting mm. hearing their reactions during the movie and it was oh wow like it was it was you know stuff that i was wondering like will this still surprise somebody or would somebody still be you know what's going on yeah and i think it still worked oh that's cool i <laughs> i like to think that the uh that this junkyard or whatever this is has exactly enough electrical power to light that Coca-Cola <laughs> sign in the window. Yeah. <laughs> like they only have electricity for that sign. Do you think Coke got a paid for this? Because they're they're in this a lot. See, I don't know how that works. Does does Coke get money for being in the movie or does Coke give them money to be prominently displayed in the yeah. movie? I think, th- I, th- I think I it's would, more like that. Yeah, that's a good I would Well, think this is all pre Reese's pieces. Not right, Reese's right. Pieces. This there was going to be a yeah. Pepsi sign in the window, yeah. but they turned it down famously. All, now everyone yeah. knows Coke from Close Encounters. I mean, that whole Reese's Pieces thing was, that kind of just shot the whole marketing thing through yeah. the roof, yeah. didn't it? You've never heard of Eminem since then. <laughs> yeah, exa- exa- exactly. <laughs> this movie has a lot of product placement, though. You it know, you does. Get McDonald's, you, there's, yeah. there's a deleted scene with Dairy Queen. There's a lot of stuff for you. You could see yeah, like the Coke is prominently yeah. uh, displayed, and Piggly those wiggly. cans, of, those cans of Coke, are the old-fashioned tab. Yeah, uh, pull off. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you talk about what looks like 1977. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dang. <laughs> when did that happen? When did they switch away from those? Oh, I don't even know. I bet to the early 80s, maybe. Yeah, we were still kids. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did you did you ever like shred your mouth or lips on those things? They're kind of razor no, sharp. But, well, like the pull-off well, things? Yeah, the, the, pull off, the, yeah, the little pull-off that would come all the way off. They yeah. were sharp. What was, I, I, I always heard that like the story for why they switched was because people would toss the yes. <laughs> people would toss the tab into the can and then swallow <laughs> it and die because they're yeah. stupid. Yes, I heard the That's same story. Was that, before, bizarre. was that before or after Mikey and the uh, Pop Rocks? No, yeah, he just swallowed a bunch of pop rocks with coke, and then he, he died. died. Yeah, <laughs> with coke, yeah. and then he died, and then he, and then he was he was actually they found him in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, and then he married both Hall and Oates. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, yes, I have a question. So the next scene, we're in the you know the control tower, right? The uh-huh. airport. Yeah, and they mention, you know that they mention anti-collision lights. And mm-hmm. one of the guys says, you know, oh, they're real bright for anti-collision lights. And I'm, uh, yeah. we, we, you know, that we have the planes and they're encountering the, the UFO here. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, it, why are they so bright? Is that just good old-fashioned caution on the aliens' parts? I don't know. I think that's the sort of thing where it's like the movie reason first, and then like the in-movie reason mm-hmm. second. Like I think, I, I, I think their solution for what the aliens would look like, what the ships would look like was that you actually can't see the ships because the lights are so bright. Ah. It's like, it's just about mm. the lights. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Yeah, they went through all these like different like shapes and stuff. And like, eh, how about it's just like the, the, the motif of these things is just they're blindingly bright and beautiful. Yeah. And you can't even see what they look like. Which I love. I uh-huh. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. love. And, and, and that sort of thing works. We talked about this with jaws that completely, completely works. When you you don't really need to see the fish, especially not as a big right, mechanical right. fish jumping out uh, onto the boat and writhing around and wriggling around. I love the fact I'm totally fine with just seeing these lights. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. they're, a, yeah. they're ethereal and mysterious, and you're like, well, I can't mm-hmm. really tell what it is, and you're like, that's fine. It's it's I don't <laughs> yeah. even need to know anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, not to jump 
to the end of the movie, but it's like, you know, even when they show in, you know, great detail and, you know, every way they can, the huge mothership and everything, you're like, wow, there's everything we can ever get to see about the aliens and everything where it's right in our faces. It still manages to be satisfyingly, you know, kind of understandable or something. You're like, wow, what, what am I kind of looking at? Like, what is, you know, mm-hmm. this is like, A, it's like the kind of awe, you know, factor. Like, oh my gosh, I'm being blown away by the by the visuals. But then it's also like, yeah, I kind of don't get this. Like, this thing came up from out of the mountain and like, <laughs> how did it fit back there? Yeah. And it's yeah. flipping upside down and like, what? Are you? so like, yeah, even though they go whole hog and show you everything by the end. It's still satisfying somehow because mm-hmm. it's bizarre. I, I would have I would have been fine with no hog. <laughs> yeah, and never seeing an alien or anything. I would have been fine yeah. with the lights. I think that's yeah. Yeah, that's a fine yeah. line. Yeah, great. I, yeah, that's a line that I wonder about every time I watch this. Like, okay, how much do I need to see, and how much don't I need? Like, do do I see too much of this movie or don't? But I feel like he did, even without the special edition. I think he learned a lot from Jaws because I think he kind of mm-hmm. used about the same amount of Bruce as we get in Jaws. Like, I think you get. Yeah, you get a little bit of the shark, you get a little bit of the aliens, but you mostly get lights, right. and you get the hint of aliens. And like with this, it's more of like you know, I don't know. Like with Jaws, you kind of, you've seen a shark, you know what a shark looks like. Yeah. So it's not like, and this is what the shark was the whole time, you know. But with Close Encounters, you kind of need to give the audience something, maybe. Yeah. Because like Roy is going through this thing and he's discovering everything. He's finally you know making contact and stuff. So yeah. you kind of got to go along with him a little bit there. But see, see the whole point of this, especially in the seventies, is UFOs are unidentified mm-hmm. flying mm-hmm. objects. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm fine without seeing the aliens, without yeah. seeing yeah. like either the, the, they exist already in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I'm what I mean? As, I'm not talking an the adult, movie. But... I'm just, I'm just saying. I didn't. I don't need to ever see them because what they stand for is is completely intact. As a little kid in the '70s, though, I'd fight you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Like I remember when they did the special edition when they show the inside of the mothership, and I was like, "Oh my god! I've always wondered. I've always wanted to know what's in here." Yeah. Well, no, was, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. You see the alien, you know, cooking dinner. And I'm not saying it's better, but oh. as a little kid, <laughs> Come on you definitely want to. You want to see, you know, Mala sure, yeah. sure. making well, as the you said, Tom, it's it's a. F- <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Mala? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's a fine. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably a different line for different people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those the the aliens are very '70s looking aliens, though. '60s and '70s looking aliens. Yeah, they're totally built around like what everybody was saying aliens look yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, and, and people and who have like, been abducted. And yeah, like remember the the book that you threw across the room, Tommy? Communion. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that was later. That was after this, I think. Yeah, that was crazy. I read that. That's, book. I don't even uh, think I. Fi- I I, 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 I read that book that. after you told me that story. You were reading the book Communion. And you told me yeah. it was the scariest book you had ever read. And I knew was you really was like creepy. you were like my friend who read all the Stephen King novels yeah. and all the Stephen King. <laughs> you, know, you love creep show yep. and t- t- freaky, yeah. scary stuff. And I went straight to the top with you. That was the scariest <laughs> book you'd ever read. So I went out and read it. Was it and scary was, for you? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally creepy. It's totally yeah, creepy. It's deeply creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is creepy. And the, the, I wonder if it still would be, but at the time, yeah. It was, yeah. And and the, the cover of it, I remember, kind of resembled this type of alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, but I wonder how much like the alien portrayed in this movie became the alien people saw when they had UFO experiences. <laughs> like, I wonder Maybe. if this was sort of the genesis for a lot of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, hey, why do the pilots not want to report a UFO? Like, uh, it, we don't want to do one of those. Oh, yeah, I love that. And the, I, I do, too. I love it, too. And <clears> I, I'm thinking it's just all the ponderous paperwork. Well, is, yeah, is that. And there's, like, you know, they might get fired from their job or people are going to think yeah. they're crazy. Oh, or, you're that cool. Yeah. Like yeah. what? 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 What happens? And you never really know. Like the the the, the light, they're descending, 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 and then they they the guys like, boy, that was close, and it's like super bright. Uh huh. And then they ask the pilots who wants to report what, and everybody's like, the one guy's like, no, and the other guy's like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't. Even... I would have if he had said yeah. yeah. No, he's like, I, I, don't I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to report. But the way yeah. the way he says it, the the guy with the white hair comes up and he puts his hand mm-hmm. on Harry's shoulder, and he's like, "Ask him if they want to report." And he doesn't say, "Ask him if they want to report a UFO." Yeah, everybody already knows that, and then you get the impression that this happens kind of regularly, and everybody knows mm-hmm. about these experiences, but nobody wants to talk about them out openly. Yeah, and I love that because it's sort of you know fits into this whole conspiracy feeling that's kind of running behind the whole movie. Yeah, well, and I love that the <laughs> the uh, the indicator on the radar for the unknown you know the unidentified flying object is unk (laughs) which i assume is unknown but it makes me think of my friend jerry porter who every time he like saw something that he loved and like was overwhelmed with how real it was (laughs) and how he didn't want it to slip from his grasp you grab and go unk unk it's totally true i love i like that i I wondered how the radar viewed that too the unknown you know it was just yeah well, I think they have a they put an automatic call sign with the ones that they they know. Yeah. So if you look at the other ones, it says yeah. like TWA or it says AE for Air East or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, part of what makes this scene so incredible. Oh, is he is he saying Air East? Yes, Air East. Yeah, Air East. I thought he was saying Air East. No, it sounds, it, there's yeah, it a deleted like scene. Yeah, that comes out. It does sound like Aries, but there's a, yeah. a deleted scene that we'll talk about in a second after this where you see the Air East jet land. Oh, weird. And, and so I, you find always, out exactly what happens. I always listen to this, this stuff with subtitles on, and it said Air East. Yeah. Not it's, that it's, subtitles no, are always yeah. right. <laughs> no, they're often right. wrong. But. Yeah. <laughs> Any breath in you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been let down before, Jim. But part of what makes this scene so realistic is they actually filmed it with real air traffic controllers in an air traffic control center. So this was yeah. the very first scene they shot. And they were, it was Columbia, again, trying to get tax credits. So they filmed it in Palmdale, <laughs> California at the Air Traffic Control Center. And most of the people in the scene are just air traffic controllers there, <laughs> like at work. That's awesome. And it's great because it's, it's even got like that great Ben Burt Death Star attack special kind of voice distortion at certain points, yeah. which I love. You know, I, I'm going to just get this out right at the beginning here. What blows me away about this movie is the thousands and thousands and thousands and maybe even a million people who are now hip to UFOs and yet the government or whoever is still trying to hide it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the yeah. pilots, like if, if if we're going on what you're saying here, Pete, like they, they see this stuff all the time, whatever mm-hmm. you want to, you're like, is that just, I mean, you couldn't get away with that now. Somebody pull out their cell phone and whatever, and they go straight yeah. to uh-huh. TMZ, yeah. and they, they, you know what I mean? They, they just go yeah. right to whatever it is. There'd be myriad conversations that you could record that would show that actually there was, you know, there, there wasn't a weird sighting or a UFO or somebody saw it. Or somebody got a half face burn, and we can't come up with, and, and they go right to TMZ or the New York Times or the Washington Post, whatever, and they're just. 
and then it would even be, the, you know, like, hey, look what the government's hiding. And then maybe for a little bit, people wouldn't believe it. Maybe for like mm-hmm. a week or two or three. But then they would just be inundated. And after a while, it would just be like, hey, we're going to get the UFOs flying over, you know, Tiger Stadium today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody just yeah. come and watch, you know, the Yankees play the... <laughs> Rangers special. With exactly. The, the Red Sox. Uh, UFO day. Everybody gets a... You know, aluminum foil hat. <laughs> aluminum foil hat at... Uh, <laughs> aluminum foil hat. Yeah, at, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I just, I mean, it, that's what blew me away is is we're not talking about, like, Roy has this secret that, you know, the aliens are just coming to him in his room. You're like, well, hell, like, I mean, half the cul-de-sac sees all these aliens. You, what, is, yeah. Half the town is seeing yeah. it. What's there to hide? You know what? Jody was just saying that. My wife was just saying that when we were watching this earlier. She was like, you know, it's it's weird that this takes place in Muncie, Indiana. Mm-hmm. That, like, it's such a populated place that, like, it's not, like, in the middle of nowhere, you know, like like the Phoenix Desert or something where Spielberg grew up or something. Like Because, because there's so many people who are going to see this stuff, does that make it less mysterious? But I kind of don't think so. I think that my wife is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I kind of feel that, like, the point is that some people see it and they just kind of like, eh, lights. Yeah. And then other people are like, their lives are, you know, almost ruined. Right. By and there, yeah. there are several deleted scenes that will come up of people that have experiences where they did see it and someone doesn't believe them. And we'll talk yeah. about some of those later, like the cops try to make their report and stuff like that. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, Pete, I have a, a note specifically uh, for you well and for me i mean we spent many a night in indiana Uh and indiana has these gorgeous summer nights Uh and with crickets and and uh, you know if if you're in rural indiana it's you see a lot of stars and it also makes perfect sense that aliens would land in indiana because indiana is a super (laughs) up weird state (laughs) Always, it, I, I'm dead serious, and you know what I'm talking about, Pete. You lived yeah. in Richmond, yeah. Indiana for years, and it's like how you know it's fucked up is if you just read the local newspapers, <laughs> and you know, like like the you know you read like the Muncie Gazette or whatever it is, like yeah. the 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 White County Bugle, or or just these little, and you see, I, I'll never forget. About six months or eight months before the whole, like, was it was it uh, John Bobbitt scandal where the, the woman cut off Bobbitt's penis and, the, you know, she was mad at him and that, that whole thing blew up. I swear to God, I, I think it was in Bedford, Indiana. <laughs> there was a tiny local story about a woman who had cut off her husband's penis and I think fed it to some ducks. And it was a tiny little thing on like page six Metro. It's probably you know there's such small newspapers. Yeah, it was page page two Metro, yeah. and it was buried beneath all you know just these little local newspapers. They'd have all sorts of completely wacko, crazy stories like like cow found in tree. Yeah. And you'd read yeah, it, it would look again. like what well, today would be like the onion, but the, yeah, it was the all Choir. real. Yeah. yeah, it was all yeah. just real little tiny bugles and gazettes and chroniclers. 
<laughs> and I remember that specifically when we were, you know, Pete and, and I went to, to college together at Indiana University back in them early 90s, and that that was the vibe. So I have no problem with aliens showing up in Indiana. <laughs> that makes perfect yeah. sense. The, the only other place yeah. I'd throw, like the other state I'd throw in there is Calif- or, uh, Florida. Florida's really wacko, too. Yeah. 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 A lot of yeah, weird cool. stuff happens in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> the aliens are just like, just be sure to drop a cow in a tree. To a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It makes perfect it's like you, sense. It's like you go to visit a new city and you're like, oh, I'm gonna check out the zoo. It's like I gotta see something interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta check out the Muncie. That made perfect is, sense. Right before we get to Muncie, though, we get the a deleted scene that I think is interesting. Um, that Air East plane lands at Chicago O'Hare, and you've mm. got uh, this is another in this scene. Laughlin and Lacombe meet for the first time, and this is where he has him translate the uh, the erotic French poetry. Ah. But the plane lands. Oh, so they're like investigating. Yeah, this, they're, this they're investigating the flight that lands that they're, the air traffic controllers had just talked about. Oh wow! And so you see the plane taxi into view, and um, all of a sudden, you know, all these same investigators go running up the uh, the stairs into the into the plane, and they order the captains out. And they say, or, you know, the pilot, they order the pilot and the staff out. And they say, don't talk about this with anybody. Don't wash the plane. And then uh, they turn and they, the guy gets on the mic, the cabin mic. And he tells everybody in the plane that they have to turn over their cameras. And everyone's like, oh, this sucks. Really? He's like, of course, the government will develop all your pictures and send them to you free of charge. <laughs> everyone's still mad. But there's like, you That's find funny. out what happens if they report a UFO or what happens. Yeah. It's not good. Like everybody, it sucks for everybody. Wait. So in that version, did they they did report? I don't know if they did report. Or did they, just or they just get just got wind, wind of like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's I mean, it's, and, uh, what's fascinating Lofl- is how much of the movie is as you as you said about about uh, you know cover ups and you know cover ups and misinformation like that'll come up again right. and again too, which is was a big theme you know in 1977. Did Spielberg sort of invent like the government? I mean, I guess it's probably, you know, came out of Watergate and stuff, but there's so many movies from this era and then into the 80s where, like, the government is the bad guy. Yeah. Like, and there's, like, some suburban kid who just wants to live his life with his alien or with his, <laughs> you know, yeah, accidentally starting a nuclear war or something. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the government that's always the bad guy. Well, what yeah. about uh, Capricorn 1? Remember that? Oh, oh that was yeah. Yeah. That was a really good movie. <laughs> Telly Savalas keeps saying pervert, and I laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm laughing right now. Telly Savalas keeps being pervert. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like this, this weird. He owns this biplane or something, and like I, yeah, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? I want to say Charles Bronson. That's not his name. James Brolin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He hitches right with the, with Telly Savalas, and he keeps a hey, one of them perverts. <laughs> that kind of thing tickles my funny bone. <laughs> But yeah, when we get, you know, we get this cut and it says Muncie, Indiana, and you get this beautiful shot of the farmhouse, like under the stars, and you see the trees kind of dancing and the shadows dancing on the side of the house. But you mm-hmm. get um, a really pronounced use of orange and teal. Mm. And I was wondering if this is one of the first mm. uses of that. Maybe. Because, you know, people talk about how that's everywhere now and, you know, movies yeah. specifically go for that. But I was curious if this right. was kind of one of the first. And what's the thinking behind that? I know we talked about it. I think we talked about it like the beginning of Raiders I think so of the too. Lost yeah, because you hated the Blu-ray <laughs> yeah. transfer. Yeah, and I want to break it. I haven't broken that yet. I have to go back and break that because I hate it so much. But uh, 
Yeah, I still don't fully understand what the whole... Just that those two colors, the juxtaposition of them is like somehow like crack for the mind yeah. or something. Like it's a pleasing, yeah. engaging thing for the eyeball or something. And so people just, just saturate everything with orange and uh, teal. Is, is it like the visual version of... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the whole uh, like Barry, the kid uh-huh. Barry... Uh, when my son Sam was about that age, he looked a lot like him. Yeah. So I have a. He looks exactly yeah, he like, look Sam. like Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking that he looks yeah. identical Toys! to Sam. And I knew you. I knew you loved <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. It's tough. I get weepy sometimes, you guys. <laughs> Is it? You know, on that scene where they show, you know, the exterior of the house and the cornfields, Muncie, Indiana, and there's like. Is it is the sun setting? Is that still? I'm not like sure what that is. Yeah, the horizon's the horizon? glowing. Oh. Or is that the? Or is it Muncie? Is it the lights Shit. in Muncie? I'm is not it, sure what it is. I don't know if it's yeah. the lights in Muncie, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the lights of real Muncie, but the liberties this movie right. takes with you know with the beautiful mountain overlook in Muncie and the, the long tunnel. But yeah. yeah, you're right. And this scene's yeah. kind of amazing too because, a, I didn't realize all every time you see stars in the movie, they're not real. Like it's a, it's a, either a matte shot or there, it's some kind of special effect, but the camera, I counted the camera lingers on the house and is still shot for 11 seconds, which is kind of amazing. You would never see that today, but I I like it because it's just a very slow, thoughtful, kind of nice. You wouldn't see a lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't see a lot of stuff in Star Wars. I mean, but can you, I just go on, but can you imagine pulling off an entire plane crew and passengers and being like ah nothing to see here yeah, nothing to yeah. see here give us all <laughs> yeah, your cameras yeah, you, and you yeah. get, you know that just i mean that just you just it mm-hmm. wouldn't happen today yeah but the fact that in the 70s i don't think anyone watched this and was like oh that doesn't that would never happen like i think everyone watched it, it's like uh-huh yeah like i, I yeah. totally see no this. sure 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 <laughs> Everybody would film themselves, like yeah. having a yeah. sit-in, and and explain, right. like do like a Facebook live thing, and be like, "Look at what don't TWA is doing to me." Yeah. yeah, don't believe exactly, exactly. Well, can I ask you guys something? <laughs> yeah, have you in your lives ever looked for care for the shape of a square? <laughs> and if so, do you remember this song? Yeah. Wait, what? From Sesame Street. Do you remember this song from Sesame Street? I don't Street? remember from Sesame Street, but I always notice that Joe Raposo is credited at the end of the movie, and he wrote a ton of stuff for Sesame Street. Oh, okay. He was like, sing, yeah. sing a song. <laughs> don't get sued by singing it too long. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's awesome. And Barry, Barry's performance in this is unbelievable. And there, there was actually talk of Carrie Guffey, the actor, getting a Best Supporting Actor nomination <laughs> for the Academy Awards. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's amazing yeah. in this. I actually yeah. looked up that song. It's uh, the Pickwick Children's Chorus. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I guess it's called the, yeah. the Square Song. Yeah, and you want to know the craziest thing that made me believe in aliens straight up <laughs> is the monkey claps, Ooh. and it's clapping a complete triplet over the snare song. <laughs> I, I mean, over the square song. It's like a complete triplet over the song. Like, yeah. I can't hum it right now, but if I listen to it, and it's like the, the, the monkey is clapping in perfect three over four time. <laughs> it's really, really strange. It's something That's that awesome. you would, you'd almost have to try to do. Yeah. It's really consistent. <laughs> and 
I don't know. It was kind of shocking. It was the sort of thing I wonder if they they, they did it. You must have done it on purpose. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. They might have. You know, what's really weird in this scene? You don't. You hmm. wouldn't have noticed it. In, you know, then. But by '78, you would have noticed. There's not one Star Wars toy. Oh in yeah. Kid's house. I've got that in my notes That's too. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like you could tell this was filmed yeah. right before that yeah. phenomenon hit to the yeah. point where it's like you, you wonder if like you know the kids rooms in et and poltergeist were just making up for that like okay great now i'm in the air of star wars <laughs> fill kids rooms with star wars stuff the toy and the toys are so like i remember these toys for being a little kid mm-hmm. but like it it's amazing like it was night and day between 1977 and 1979 <laughs> yeah. like what kids would have in their room yeah. but i love that i love the mechanical frankenstein guy yeah he gets embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his face turns red. red. Yeah. <laughs> and I always want to think that the, I have no idea what the show is. It's on in the background in uh, the mom's room. Uh, uh-huh. Ralphie's mom. Oh, it's uh, it's policewoman. Get out of here, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. With uh, Angie Dickinson. Do you know who the guy is in the scene? Uh-uh. Because I, I, I want it to be Bill Bixby. In my head, it's Bill Bixby. It might be. I don't know why it would be. I don't know why I think that. He was in everything in the yeah. late 70s. God, if that's Bill Bixby, I'm really good. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm definitely good. Why police woman? You know right. why? Why did the aliens pick Barry? Or why? I more, you know, more generally, why do they pick certain people? Like what? What? Why yeah. Barry here? It's interesting because the people they pick seem to be kind of people who are curious right. about things. Do they? Do they mm-hmm. pick people who are who are prone to believing in UFOs, or at least are, are maybe prone to? exploring or finding out like aren't naturally cynical or skeptical like like people that they yeah. know are going to go the distance to meet them mm-hmm. at yeah. devil's tower <laughs> or right. whatever yeah. it is people yeah. have pinocchio uh, music boxes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they single them out yeah well and how are they communicating with barry like are they, is, are they communicating with him through the record you know because the record says can you find a square? Is a door <laughs> shaped like a square? And he gets up and walks through yeah. the door. Yeah. Like, are they are they talking to him? Or are they communicating with oh, him somehow? Weird. Or is he just following sounds that he thinks are outside? It it seems like like people who I guess are touched by or communicated, you know, that the aliens communicate with. It's like they're overcome with this sense of wonder and bliss, and so mm-hmm, they yeah. just follow it wherever it, it, they just follow they just get up yeah, and, and yeah. stop what they're doing and just follow yeah this is a weird movie yeah <laughs> but it's good like if you if, if you yeah. like tried to explain this movie to somebody you'd be like really so people just get really excited because they <laughs> see so, these lights and they don't know what it is so it freaks them out and they, they live their whole lives trying to figure out the light you know i can't figure All out right. in this scene do the aliens have flashlights or are they bioluminescent uh I don't know why. What do you mean? Like, like if you like if you well, look like, at the scene, Barry gets up and he goes down, and it's like there's rings of light on the floor as he goes downstairs. Like he's you know as he's going downstairs to check out what's going on. Oh, it's, yeah. it, there's literally yeah. flashlights yeah. or what look like flashlights, unless the aliens, like I said, are bioluminescent and they shoot out light in circles. Well, they're yeah, also maybe. messing with like electricity and stuff. So I wonder if like I lamps that. are coming yeah. on or yeah. You know, I would stuff. I would be definitely be that guy like that alien. Like you go into a room with all these toys. The first thing I want to do is turn <laughs> one of them on and see what right. it does. You know what's what? Do the yeah. toys like? I wasn't even sure. Like take I don't know maybe the tank or something. Like do are all of them mechanical or are some of them actually just like a Hot Wheel with no motor in it? <laughs> 
They're just, they, but they just <laughs> aren't moving. Just because. Right. I assumed they were all mechanical, but that's a good question. It is. There's a lot of stuff that, like, they seem to affect a lot of stuff where there's no reason for them to. Right. Like, you know, like, to the point where, like, even as a kid when I was first seeing this, like, you know, the fridge is all emptied out and then, like, the little mm-hmm. doggy door is flapping and stuff. I didn't even, like, put together, that, like, they had just been there and emptied out the fridge and left through that door yeah. and just missed them. I, for me, it was more yeah. like, oh, the, 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 the toys are going nuts and the fridge just went nuts and the doggy door is going nuts. Like, they're just, like, affecting things. Like, making yeah. things, you know, Well, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. really crazy and I never noticed before, or at least not back when I saw this in 1977... <laughs> There's at 12 minutes and 29 seconds into the movie, you see an alien move. You see him. You actually see an alien as Barry comes down the stairs. Did you guys? Really? Did neither of you guys see that? No. No, I don't have. No, it you added to go. Wait, <laughs> no, I'm watching right now. We can stop Weird. our little showy poo, and. Oh, you have no well, idea. Pete, you have to go upstairs and get the disc and put it in go the to, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. I no, just go don't know to what 12... it is. I don't see it. Where? I have to go. I have it up here. It's 12 minutes. While you're looking for it, by the way, I love that, A, he's got a Boston University shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> in my notes, too. Tom's going to say something about kid wearing East Coast College shirt. <laughs> it's I, all I also love the, I don't have to say anything. The feedy pajamas. Like, Did every kid in the 70s have feedy pajamas? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And why don't they anymore? Uh, do I they? think because every kid slipped and probably hit that. There's probably like a couple of kids. <laughs> in the every kid slipped. And, yeah, it's like wearing yeah. banana peels as pajamas. Yeah. Right. Pajama peels. Pajama peels. Wait, ready. I want you to take a look. Pete, take a look at it. 12 yeah, we're, minutes, we're, 29 seconds. Yeah. I mean, go to like 12 minutes I'm and 20 the, seconds or something. Yeah, I'm at 12.20. He's walking down the stairs. See the light. Now you look in the left corner of the screen when the camera changes. Bam. That's his, that's Barry's face. That's his head in the mirror, right? Oh. Or is it Quint grabbing the well, lantern? Well, I'm looking again. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm normally with you. I don't see him, though, Jerry. I see some macrame, which is also peak 70s. Yeah. That always makes you think of Suzanne Plachette for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? You might be you might be right. You might be right, Pete. That might be that might be Barry's that might be Barry's. I think that yeah, I think it's the top the of his head. Mm. Yeah. Nah, cut all well, that? It's a worthy it's okay. investigation. <laughs> he was right. like it, right. one thing I learned about him is that uh his performance Spielberg thought his performances were so good that he called him one take Barry. Or one take carry. <laughs> Because his name was Carrie Guffey. One, uh, yeah, you know, I wondered. I wondered when he stands mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and he sees you. You, you can tell that he's uh-huh. looking at yeah. the aliens. I, I was sitting there going, "Did they bring in like a a clown to blow up magic?" Basically, they actually kind of did. They did. Yeah, they, they literally did. I was going to say they <laughs> yeah. had to have, right? I mean, because his performance is incredible. They did a bunch there of stuff with him. Yeah, yeah. There was a clown. One of the okay. producers dressed up as a clown, and one dressed up in a gorilla suit. Yeah, and so he looks up and he looks kind of startled. And he's trying was. to figure it out, and then Spielberg told the guy in the gorilla suit to take his head off. And when he takes his head off, that's when Barry kind of smiles and laughs. Yeah, because he knows the guy. He's like, "Oh, yeah. no, it's okay. not a gorilla. It's, a, it's yeah. my buddy." Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, wh- where is Barry's dad? 
Um, yeah, we know. never. It might be in Boston. Yeah. Like this might be like you know, because like it, this ha- her room especially looks pretty unpacked. She's got all these boxes everywhere and stuff. It almost seems like uh, yeah, they've got, got the here, movie like, boxes. Might yeah. be starting over in Muncie, Indiana. And is she? The, yeah. You see lots of pills and like cough syrup and stuff on her nightstand too. I was, but she doesn't seem sick. I was wondering if she's a hypochondriac or. Well, no, she took the cough syrup and now she's all better. <laughs> she's better now. She nipped it in the bud. And now she's all better. I, well, I, for some reason, I feel like Barry doesn't have a dad. Well, I mean, I, it, his dad's not. He's in the not. Picture. Yeah, it seems like he's not. Yeah, Clearly, yeah. I think he, they're divorced or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you know? What's the green light that's next to the mom's bed? You know what I'm talking about? That's a way '70s lamp. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those were everywhere in the '70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything in this house is just so like everything in this house just takes me right back. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like homey yeah. '70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It looks exactly like a house from Indiana for sure. Oh, and she's yeah. got that cool wooden chair. It's like downstairs in the living. It's like mm-hmm. it's just slats, like coming to a point, sort of. And it's uh, I don't even really like, totally get it, but it's like it's like a cool like almost like a shape sort of like an Adirondack chair, like a kind of low, uh-huh. doesn't recline, but you're sort of back anyway, so you don't mind. And but it's, it's yeah cool and weird. Do Do you guys remember having to walk down the stairs one step at a time the way Barry? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, absolutely. Like he, he yeah. puts his like you know his right foot forward and then his left foot just meets his right foot. Yeah, yeah. And then he puts his right foot forward again on, to go down the stair one stair and then his left foot meets, you know, his right foot again. I remember having to do that. <laughs> I was twenty five. Yeah. And I finally <laughs> you had broken your ankle. <laughs> yeah, I finally finally learned to go down, you know, two at a time. No, but I totally do. I remember that, and that's how that's what's so great. Like he goes down the stairs like one at a time, just leading with his right foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember having like that twelve-inch uh, black and white TV? Oh, God. oh wow! I like had the, the I had the pajamas. They were called Doctor Denton's. <laughs> I remember that. The pajamas were called yeah Doctor Denton pajamas. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you can expect from Anything Goes, a regular bonus show for supporters of the Indiana Jones Minute. If you like what you just heard and you want to hear more, and you want to help support the creation of the Indiana Jones Minute, please join us over at patreon.com slash Minute, or you can go to indianajonesminute.com and click on the Patreon link. You can sign up there to support us monthly at different donation levels, which, depending on the level... We'll get you monthly stickers from us, or regular episodes of this show, Anything Goes, and even monthly postcards from each of your hosts. It's a beautiful thing that we love, and that you love too. So thanks for listening, and please head over to patreon.com slash Minute for more fun. See you next time.